Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. They wanted to keep their household intact. So let me ask this. Ladies, what are you doing to keep your household intact? What are you doing to go against the real enemy? Your husband is not your real enemy. Your mother-in-law is not your real enemy or a sister-in-law or a sister or a mom. Anyone. They are not the enemy. The devil is the enemy. He's going to get in there and he's going to tear up your family. What are you going to do? Are you going to hold your household together? Or are you just going to turn around, give up, start drinking, walk off, run away, scream, yell? So far, screaming and yelling has never helped me at all. No, and there's so many things that we could do to numb, uh, to numb our ourselves in in times of peril. Right? No, yeah, that's, that's how you feel about it. You think you're you you think the end of the world some days. And Abigail could have thought, you know, this is in the world. That's it. We're dead. There's nothing we can do. But this is our fate. Here we right? go. But in 18, she says, then Abigail made haste. I mean, she took proper action and took quickly 200 loaves of bread. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't. You know, she didn't hum hum around it. She's like, OK, got to do something. Uh, so in uh, verse 18, then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed. Five says of roasted grains, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. I'm going to say that that right there is a very quiet spirit. She knew that he was a scoundrel. They'd already talked about that. There was not going to be any reasoning with him. So she just shows she didn't make a big deal out of it. She didn't make a whole, you know, guess what I'm going to do since you can't do it. I'm going to do it. You're not going to step up. I'll step up. Yeah. She didn't make a big deal about it. She didn't have the horns going off and the trumpets and the little red carpet. She just, she did what she had to do to keep her household together. Quietly gathered the food. Clearly they had already had stuff prepared. So whatever they had prepared, she probably snatched it up, stuck it on a cart and said, go. Exactly. Yes, because that was a feast time at this time. Because yeah. of this sheep shearing, there was a feast. So yes, right. So she did. And so um, verse 20. So it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill. And there were David and his men coming toward her and she met them. Now, David had said, surely in vain, I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed. All that belongs to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also, to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Well, he did make Nabal an enemy. We all know what David does to his enemy. So what is her only choice to do in this point? Beg. Yeah, because... (laughs) To be not the yeah. enemy. Right? Beg for forgiveness, for understanding, for 
a second chance. Something. She wanted to do something, something. to keep her household together. Yeah. And that's when I'm, I'm just loving how Abigail, that she was approachable and that she had a desire to keep her household together. No matter who was in her house, she didn't, she was humbled enough to love every single one of them to do something about it. Because I don't know, I know when we've read this, there is never a mention of any children until she marries David at the end. Oh, never true. mentions children. Mm-mm. We don't know if she had any or not. If she didn't have any children, she loved them as if her, they were her children. And she wanted to keep them together and keep them safe. Are we doing that in our own homes? Do we have a healthy, safe environment for our children or anybody who walks in? That's one of my goals when any of the, if, whether I have my grandson or a niece or a nephew coming over, any child, if they come over, I want them to know they have a safe environment to be in. They can play and not worry about breaking anything. They can be a little kid, have fun, and not worry about breaking anything or being bored. Because I want to make sure that there's a safe environment. And I saw Abigail doing this. Keeping our household together, safe environment. And she's willing to take action. But she's also quiet and gentle about it. So I think that... Um... I think that when people walk into our house, our home, no matter who they are, they should be able to feel, Mm -hmm. one, the presence of the Lord. Yes. Two, his peace. Yes. And three, that they belong there. And who sets that tone? I think the wife does. Yes. The wife, the mom. That's why the Lord has the woman in the house. She sets that tone. The men are outside the house. If, if remember, Adam was built outside the garden. Eve was built inside the garden. We need to tend our garden. And so we need to set that environment. So what, that's what we're seeing with Abigail. And that's why in verse 23. Now, when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly. Very brave of her. From the donkey fell on her face before David and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, I want to stop right there. That is pure humility. She wasn't worried about how she would look. She wasn't worried about how she appeared to others. She, her concern was, I have a household. I love them. I need to keep them together at any cost. And that includes being humbled enough to say, I'm going to bow down and this and her humility. She's like, I'm going to be face down before him because I'm going to show him humility. She was showing her. I am. I'm, she was vulnerable at that time. Right. He we don't done know anything. what he was going to do to her. Although Lord made sure we understood she was a beautiful appearance. And we all know David. So the Lord. He did have a weakness. Yes. And the Lord used that to say, hey, David, hold up. And I think that's why the beauty that she had. I think was not only her inward beauty because her servants could approach her and she had a love for them, but an outward beauty too. But it wasn't for her selfishness. It wasn't for her gain. It was for the Lord's glory. You, for her husband. You can be the most beautiful woman in the world, but if you have an ugly spirit, oh, it's gonna come out. that's what people see. Yeah. They don't see your um, gorgeous skin and your cheekbones and your full lips and your gorgeous hair. They don't see any of that. They see exactly what's spewing forth out of your mouth and the way you act. 
your words, your attitude, yeah. your the emotions that you use. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what you look like on the outside. It matters. I mean, that's often, I mean, we should still take care of ourselves, but right. the Lord sees what's on the inside. Right. But and, who, is, who are you doing it for? Like for me, I mean, I don't dress for my coworkers. I dress for my husband. Hmm. You know, my coworkers get professionalism. My husband gets a different look because I want to, you know, I'm, I always tell this to Ray. We went to a church and that guy's past the pastor there. His wife is gorgeous and she's just absolutely beautiful. And so I was working real hard and I looked at Ray. I'm like, so am I okay? Cause I don't want people to feel sorry for you. And he just starts <laughs> laughing. I'm like, seriously, he, he, he thought I laughed. I'm like, no, seriously. I don't want people to look at you and go, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry for him. <laughs> so I, I worked a little harder. To make sure nobody feels sorry for him. Oh my gosh, Anna, you're adorable. <laughs> just saying. Last thing I want. I'm just saying. I, I think about him. So anyway, what I love what Abigail does in that verse 24. So she fell down on his feet and said, "On me, my Lord, on me. Let this iniquity be, be, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant." She's very polite. She was very polite there, but she also said, let it be on me. I love my household. Yeah. yeah, my husband's an idiot. I know. I get that. But my household, I love them and I want to take care of them. So if you need to take it out on me so that they may live. What did Jesus do? Lord, Father, let it be on me so that they can live. He took our punishment. He took what we deserved for the wages of sin was death. But the gift of eternal life is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And he said, let it be on me instead. What a picture of Jesus we see here saying, hey, I'll take that iniquity. And she was offering that out of love. So in verse 25, she says, please let not my Lord regard the scoundrel Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, that's interesting because I actually, Ray and I had a, a very, when I first started studying this a while back, I actually, Ray, I'm like, how is that not being disrespectful? And he looks at me and goes, Anna, um, because truth, it was truth. It's not disrespectful if it's truth. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, okay. Well, David already knows. David already knows the man's a fool. He's an idiot and she's just reconfirming what he already thought listen i already know that you know we all know yeah so we shouldn't really consider him because we all know who he is so let's not consider him and that's why she said that she goes look i I didn't know about this yeah because i had i would have done something different but she goes i I didn't know and and that's why she says in 26 now therefore my lord as the lord lives now she's talking about the lord god almighty because it's in all caps has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now, this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. She was, when she asked him to let it be on her, she's taking it on her because she's asking. For him to forgive the trespass. She's saying, don't let us be an enemy. I'm not your enemy, but if you have to have an enemy, take it on me. So if you don't mind, 
Let's let your not them see everybody else as the enemy. If you're going to see an enemy, let's just be me. Take it from me. I can't control the actions of my husband. Right. But I'm here to do some damage control. Exactly. That's what she's saying. Yeah. I, I did not agree to this. He's done it. But let me let me make it right. Let me make it right. And that's why she said, please forgive the trespasses of your maidservant. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord. And evil is not found in you throughout your days. She's reminding him who he is, the man that he really is, not the man that was, had become angry, but the man that she knows. So she obviously knows who he is. We know that Nabal knows who he is, too. And so she's saying, hey, look, I know who you are and, and what you want to do. It's not really who you are. So she's being polite and reminding him who he really is. She's not doing it bad. She's not being, you know, she was flattering him. Right. But with truth, with complete truth. Right. And so she was being very kind. She wasn't yelling or screaming at David. She wasn't saying, why are you being like this? She's being quiet. She's been gentle. I'm, I'm willing to take the transgressors on me because it was done to you. She's telling him, look, I know, I know what was done to you was wrong. I, you're right. It was wrong. And, and I see that, and I'm willing to make up for it. And at this point, she still has no idea if he's going to kill her and everybody she brought with her. Right, right. Or what? Yeah, she doesn't know what's happening. She's just, all she knows right now is he's letting her talk. And, and she's having prophetic, uh, prophetic wisdom when she talks about my Lord and enduring house because of my Lord fights the battles. You know, she's, because that's where the, the uh, covenant comes from. When God made a covenant with David, he goes, your house will be forever. Because that's when Jesus comes back because he's in the line of David. And, and Jesus is, going to be, is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And he, when he comes back, because he is coming back, he's sitting on the throne of David. And so she's doing even the Lord speaking through her to talk to David. Well, so, and that goes right back to the beginning. She's a woman of good understanding. Yes, exactly. And, and we're going to see that in many, many ways. Yes. And, and then that's why it says that in verse 29, yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord, your God and the lives of your enemies. He shall sling out. As from the pocket of a sling. She, she's reminding him, hey, I know you're, you're the Goliath killer. I know how you killed him with a sling. But she's saying, let the Lord do this. Don't do it yourself. Let the Lord do this. Let the Lord take care of this. And I think too often. Don't let this be on yeah. your hands. Don't let this fool. Yeah. Don't let him ruin you. Yes. And move you into something sinful. Because he's an idiot. And that's the same thing is we should not do that. We shouldn't let other people's sinful lives get upon us. We have to be careful where we get our good, our counsel. We have to be very careful who we talk to when we're having an issue, because the last thing we want is bad counsel. Well, and we can't control the way people act. We can't control the things that they do, but we can certainly control the way we act and what we do and how we handle a situation. Exactly. And sometimes the way we handle it makes all the difference. Or sometimes at work, things get heated. And I can use my mom voice that says, hey, 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 I understand what you're saying. I, but let's, so let's do this because I understand what you're saying. Let's look at it from this direction. And sometimes I'm in the, I get to be the one who, who calms everybody down. When you're, when you're the only girl on a phone full of guys, your voice is going to carry further because you have that different voice. 
And that's what Abigail was doing here. She had a different voice. She's surrounded by 401 men. And there's this girl in front of them who's humbled, quiet, saying like, look, look, I know he's an idiot. I agree with you. And I know what man you are. And this is not the man who you are. Let God take care of this. Don't do it. Don't have blood on your hands. That shouldn't be there. You know what she didn't do is she did not make excuses for Nabal. No, she was not she an enabler. She stated facts. Yes, you're right. Yeah, exactly. She stated facts. Here's the facts, David. Right. She didn't make an excuse for him. She didn't deny he did something stupid. Mm. But she also didn't degrade her husband. No. She could have. She could have gone on a rant about how mm-hmm. terrible he was. She didn't. Hey, look, he's a fool. We all know it. Let's move on. Yep. How can we fix this? How can we fix this? Please allow me to fix this. What can I do? We clearly know he's not going to do anything. So work with me. How can we fix this together? Exactly. And in verse 30, and it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord, according to all the good that he, the Lord, he capitalized there, has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offense of the heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. So she's saying, hey, let the Lord do this. Let the Lord take care of this. Don't forget me. (laughs) You know, because I think she knew that the Lord wasn't going to let it go because he did grieve. He did disregard God's anointed. And I think she knew deep down that the Lord was not going to let this go by. But at the same time, she's like, David, you got a lot going on. In the end, this is going to be not. This is really nothing. In the end, this is nothing. I mean, you're going to have, I guess in the text this way, you're going to have bigger fish to fry later. <laughs> in the end, <laughs> this is just a piece of corn that fell on the floor. Hey, food analogies work. I agree. So then he says in verse 32. Then David said to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me and blessed is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, verse 34, for indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you. Unless you have hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought to him and said to her, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. She gained respect because she was respectful. And he said, you should be blessed because you've come out and blessed me. I just, I'm sorry. We have the future king. Yes. Just completely complimenting her. He's, he's done a 180 now. Yes. Complete 180. They're no longer an enemy. That household is no longer an enemy because her whole, her whole reasoning was peace. She brought peace to that situation. Completely impressed him with her behavior. Yes. And, um, He's got, he's got, this is how the Lord works. We can have a woman in our home. We can be the woman in our home and we can be 
completely offensive, um, angry, angry, and a complete nag. Um, I hate to use that word, but that's exactly yes. Hey, hey, trust me. Some days at work, I tell them I'm paid to be a nag. I'm going to give them their money's worth, and they laugh. Usually, they'll laugh. Go, Anna, you're not a nag. Okay, (laughs) I feel like it. I feel like one. You know, and so had she approached David that way, I think the outcome would have been very, very different. If she had run up to him, got off her donkey, crossed her arms and looked at him and go, you think you're going to do this and come here and do this? He probably been like, yeah, kept on, you know, kept on going. But she didn't. She 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 was in humility because of her love for her household. Because she cared about everybody. Exactly. And she had full humility. Even though it wasn't her fault, she was willing to take it. And even though she she had nothing to do with it, she was willing to take it on herself. And that to the point where, you know, if you got to do something, let it be on me. If you've got to take some type of vengeance, then let it be on me and leave my household. Because but her whole intent was to bring peace and not be an enemy to God's anointed. I wonder if this is the first time David had seen something like this, because clearly this was not normal. Right. I mean, she was very brave. I mean, he's like, whoa, I'm glad the Lord brought you to me. I'm glad he had you talk to me. The very mutual respect. And she was submissive. She knew he was anointed to be king. Mm-hmm. So she was submissive. And like I said, I don't Complete see where anywhere where she ever had gone to Nabal and said, wow, look at you. You know. She maintained her respect. And therefore, because she was respectful, she was respected. Mm-hmm. Because she gave a blessing, she gets blessing back. Because her one intent was to keep her household together. And I'm hoping women are paying attention that your household, whether you're by yourself in your household or whether you've got 20 people in your household, you can make the difference. And every day you can set the mood every day. And I'm convicting myself as I say this, that you get to set the mood. Every day. There are things that happen to us. I mean, and this goes back to we get to decide how are we going to receive what just happened to us? How are we going to handle it? Um, We can be irate. We can be rude. We can be, um, what's the word? Spiteful retaliating. We can do all of those things. We get to choose. We have a choice. What are we going to choose to this this day? What are we going to choose? And the Lord gives us a complete set of options to choose Mm -hmm. from. Right. Right. Do we want to go with those options of maybe we're not supposed to say anything. Maybe we're supposed to be quiet and let the Lord And that's what she was basically saying here is, hey, back up. Don't do anything. Let the Lord do it. You know what? Sometimes, and that happens too, is because we want to see something right then and there. Or worse yet, we want to take our anger out on somebody. We want the Lord to take his anger out on somebody. Mm -hmm. Although we forget he could have let his wrath pour out on us, but he didn't because he said he poured it out on his son instead. We often want to see. We never think about that. No, because that pertains to us. Exactly. Exactly. We want to. We we want to be forgiven. We want to be given a second chance. But we often don't want to forgive and get them exactly. Deal with them. We don't want to give them a second chance or a third or fourth. But we want all the chances. Oh sure. We want to make them pay, not realizing that we didn't have to pay. And 
sometimes the Lord doesn't move fast enough for us. Right. And we we want immediate mm-hmm. vengeance. Or we don't want them forgiven after. We don't actually don't want them forgiven. Exactly. And the, but the Lord says, I will forgive you the way that you forgive others. Exactly. Exactly. And nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. Mm-mm. So that's when um, we go into verse 36. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was, holding a feast in his house, like a feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore, she told him nothing, little or much, until the morning light. She was slow to speak. She knew when to speak in the proper season. I think we sometimes get so rushed because we want somebody to see something and we just want to tell them what, how they're doing it. Give them a what for. Exactly. And yet she's like, no, I'm just going to be quiet. He had no idea what was going on. He had no idea what was about to happen. He had no idea that she just saved his, the whole household. And yet she never said a word. All he knew is that he had just dissed David and went right back to his feast. Exactly. That's all he was doing. That's all he cared about. Right. Exactly. And that's why, you know, we we have to look at her. I mean, she was a good woman of good understanding. She had humility. She had a love for the people around her. She wanted to protect her household. She wanted peace in her household. And she was willing to do whatever it took to do this. And I'm sure there were days that she was very tired of being that person. But we have to, again, we have to choose. Do we stay that person or do we give up? And we can't give up. And then she didn't give up. So that's why um, in First Samuel 25, verse 37. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him and he became like stone. Then it happened after about 10 days, the Lord, uh, that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. The Lord gave him like 10 days to repent and he still did. He didn't care whether there were no consequences. He didn't feel that there were any consequences. Well, he, well, uh, well, consequences or, um, nothing I happened to yeah, him. Yeah. He thinks, well, I think what you're trying to say is he didn't think he did anything wrong because it says that when he, his, his heart died within him and he was, became like stone, but he didn't repent. So I'm guessing he thinks I didn't do anything wrong. Not my fault. And he didn't see the anger of Mm-mm. David. He didn't see what right. David, the wrath that David was about to pour out right. on him. Yeah. Oh, so and that's what you meant by the consequence. He didn't yeah. see what could have happened. Just because his wife told him, so what? Right. He didn't see it for his own eyes. And even if he would have seen it for his own eyes, would he have actually cared? We don't know. No, no. But he died, But the Lord did give him time to repent. He didn't repent. The Lord mm. took the vengeance because he went after the Lord's anointed and the Lord's like, you alone are going to be the enemy. Take care of you. And Abigail had no idea what was going to happen. No, she as didn't. As far as she knew, she was going back home. She was going to continue her life with this fool. And this was her life. Exactly. This is what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. So in verse 39, it says, So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his head, own head. So he realized that what basically what Abigail said, hey, let the Lord take care of this. Let the Lord deal with this vengeance. And the Lord says that all the time, that let the vengeance be mine. We don't have to do anything. All we sometimes have to do is just pray about it. Sometimes the Lord changes our mind. Sometimes he deals with it. But in the end, 
if we're going to have peace in our household and we're going to love the people in our homes and around us, we need to sit back and be quiet and let the Lord deal with it. And that requires trust. Yes. Do we trust that the Lord has got this? Because just because we want to take action, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what the Lord's got going on with this other person. We have no idea what he's got planned. David and Abigail had no idea that the Lord had planned on taking, uh, killing Nabal. Right. But she must have known. Oh, yeah, exactly. She didn't know that. She probably knew that something would happen. That's why she's like, hey, can you remember me? You know, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but just don't forget me. Well, she sure didn't know it was going to happen in 10 days. No, exactly. And then uh, that's why when we get to. um, I have no idea what verse that is. Wow. Verse 39 is really long. So first Samuel 25, 39. (laughs) So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her face to the earth and said, here is your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail, she's had such a servant's heart. She just loved, she just seems like a person who just loved people. So Abigail rose, this is verse 42. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on a donkey attended by five of her maidens. And she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. All right. Then we get to the fun part of 43. David also took Anaheim of Jezreel. And so both of them were his wives. But Saul had given uh, uh, Michal, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was from Galeum. All right. Hey, I know. We don't agree with all that. I'm sitting here shaking my head. You should have stopped with Abigail. (laughs) Well, you should have stuck with one wife. But but we'll see how the the Lord is like. As people keep reading, they'll understand that the Lord never said he agreed to it. He just decided to let them learn for their own on their own. Why it's not a good idea. Different custom, different time. Right. And the Lord decided if you I'll let you learn that on your own. All right. You go to jail now. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have that back then. But. Um, but here she was, she stayed as she stayed with the servant's heart until the end. She didn't gloat. She didn't dance around saying, you know, what, what's the old saying? Dance on the grave. She didn't do any of that. You know, she, uh, and she was rewarded for her respect, her submissiveness, her quietness, her gentleness, her love. She was, she was blessed for that. She was, she was given on. Okay. Yeah. She might've been one of many wives, but we don't even know how old Abigail was. We learned later that they have a child, but she might have, we don't know how old she was. She lived the best years of her life. You know, might have not, again, and compared the company to, of the king. Yeah. And compared to Nabal, man, that's probably great. I mean. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. This is great. Apples and oranges. Yeah, he's not harsh. He's not evil. You know, I'm not having to worry. David never got that nickname. So she probably thinking, you know, this is great. I got a son or I think she had a son. She never talked about children before. So here she was. She was in a bad situation. She was not in her ideal situation, but the Lord took care of her. And in the end, she she had all sorts of blessings because she remained. The way woman God had intended for her, how he created her. 
She was approachable. She had a good understanding. She was humbled, respectful, polite, gentle, and quiet. And look how much she accomplished. She was brave. But look how much she accomplished. She wasn't harsh. She wasn't yelling. She wasn't screaming. What type of women do we see on TV right now? The women that we see on TV, they're all about them. They're all about empowerment. They're all about what I want, what I I want. Um, I'm better than any man. Right. Right. You know, and that's not to say that they aren't great women, that they haven't done major, amazing accomplishments, but the Lord has an order for us. And that's something as soon as we get out of order, then now chaos ensues. Right. And that, I think that should be our next podcast, really. We need to talk about order and oh, why it's so important and how by being in order, you, have, you can bear fruit. But without good order, you don't. And the thing I like about Abigail is no matter what, she trusted that the Lord would handle it. She, we don't see her. It never, ever says that, um, she turned to drugs. I don't know what kind of that they had back then, but nowadays. No, they had wine. They and had, they talked uh, about women not drinking too much wine. Where, as the Bible warns about a woman, don't drink so much wine. Don't drink too much. Apparently well, that was their choice. <laughs> Man, I'd have had a whole lot of choice. Um, but nowadays we do. We have a whole lot of choices. Right. There's all kinds of things that we can do um, when we're in pain or hurting or a situation we can't control. It doesn't really matter what it is. There's all kinds of things that we turn to what I call to numb. We have a numbing agent. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be the drug of choice. It could be um, alcohol, drugs, um, any type of uh, addiction. It could be gambling. It could be shoe shopping. You know, it doesn't really matter whatever you choose to numb you. And these are things that the Lord, when I was going through my situation, my drug of choice was alcohol. And um, the Lord finally told me, that is your, you're using that as a crutch. I don't want you to use that as a crutch. I want me to be your crutch. Right. Well, I didn't listen. Um, eventually I did, but um, it took me a little while. Some of us are hard-headed and slow learners, but um, I finally realized that women in my situation or anybody in that type of situation, it doesn't matter what it is, we want to numb ourselves. Our goal is to not feel the pain that we're currently in. Right. So we didn't see her do that. Exactly. So um, wrapping it up, what is what you would tell, what, what is the main point we can learn from Abigail and apply it to our life? I would say the main point that we can learn from Abigail is that um, we need to know our God. Right. We need to know who he is. We need to know that we can trust him. Right. And stayed with that humility that we don't think everybody, we're better than anybody else, but we realize that we're there to love our household, to bring peace to our household. And that when chaos does arise or men who kill Goliath show up, that we can be that peacekeeper, <laughs> that we can say, hey, hey, 
hang on, let's, let's talk about this. Let's just, just calm down. And it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to not be the boss. That's important. It's okay to be quiet. It doesn't mean you're a wimp. It doesn't mean you're not brave. Or enabling. Yeah. Being quiet. Which is a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's another one. Being quiet, which is actually probably a whole nother podcast. I I agree. Without the quiet, gentle spirit. But her, that, that was her spirit that we saw. So why don't we pray for our listeners? So that they can have time to think about this and how, what, maybe what things that they need to think about so they can make changes. Sounds good. I'll close this in prayer. Oh, Holy Father, we just thank you for your wisdom and your guidance and um, everything that we got to learn today. Lord, may we apply it to our lives. May we get to know who you are. May we learn all about you. May it soak in, Father. May we retain it. May we um, continue to have the desire to learn about you and read about you and have a relationship with you, Father. May um, we know as women, because women, the thing about women is so prevalent today, but may we know as women, Lord, that it is okay to learn who you made us to be. And it's very, very different from who the world has made us to be. So, Lord, we just give you all glory and we give you all thanks as we um, go about our day and as we wrap up today. Lord, it's in your son's sweet holy name that we pray. Amen. And remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over. for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encouraged you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over.